0: Our Catholic brothers and sisters have taken Mary and abused who she is. They have made her far too holy, far too reverent and awesome. They claim that she's the mother of God and she's not. They claim that you can pray to her, and you, shh, it doesn't do any good. They've made her a saint. And as a result of that, we tend to minimize, and I have in the past, tend to minimize talking about Mary because I don't want that whole stuff. But the sad thing is, Mary is someone we should emulate. Mary is someone that we believers, whether male or female, should say, I need to be more like that. Yes, she is considered blessed, and she fulfilled a function that no one else can ever fulfill. From Eve, when she bore a son, Seth, thinking that maybe he was the Messiah until the days of Mary, women of believers tended to want to be that one who is blessed to bring forth the Messiah. And you think, well, why would they think that? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, God told Satan that the woman's seed would have enmity with the devil's seed and that the devil's seed would have his head bruised while the heel of the woman's seed would be bruised on the heel. And initially people say, well, that is the initial prophecy of the Messiah, and I believe that. There are others who say, oh, no, it can't be. Because, you know, back then they weren't smart enough to know the difference between seeds and eggs. And I'm going, first off, they were a lot smarter than you give them credit for. Look at the pyramids. Look at all the various other things. The other thing is, here is an agricultural society that lived on farming and husbandry and raised cattle and sheep. They knew the difference. The problem is we don't. We just go to the supermarket and buy our stuff. They lived it. So when, when you're oh well, they didn't know. They knew far better than us. And so God had come to an old couple who didn't have any children and had, were far advanced in age to have children and on top of that, she had been barren. Yet God did something. And he informed Zacharias that their child would be the forerunner of the Messiah. And now God is going to continue in his plan of doing something to save the world. And so in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, it says, now in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. So we are told that God sent Gabriel, the same one, that same angel that he sent to Zacharias to inform him of the forerunner, now God is sending his angel to a virgin of the tribe of Judah, which fits into the prophecies of where the Messiah would come, in the house of David. Now, Luke tells us, and we translate this, engaged. Matthew uses the term betrothed. We kind of, in our culture, think, well, engagement is, you know, the guy gets down on a knee, has a ring, and says, will you marry me? And she says yes, and they're engaged, and they set a date, and they go from there. That is not what they did in Israel. There was a contractual situation. So it wasn't just an engagement. You were married, except you hadn't completed all of the incidents of marriage, and part of that was to consummate the marriage and do other things. And so there was a legal commitment. And in this legal commitment, if you wanted to break it, you had to divorce the person. It wasn't, oh, here's your ring back, let's call the whole thing off. There was a legal proceeding required to terminate this legal situation. And so this virgin is betrothed, is in a contractual relationship with a man named Joseph. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And this angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, one of the things we learn about Mary is she's a thinker. Even though as the angel tells her, don't be afraid. So there is some fear there. And let's face it, if an angel showed up at your door tonight, you wouldn't be calm. You would be freaking out. And so in the midst of her fear, she's going, what kind of opening statement is this? Do I need to worry? Is he coming here to to condemn me or is he coming here to do something else? And the angel says, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Now, we never are told why God gives her favor. We just say that we just understand that God found favor in her. With Zacchaeus and Elizabeth, we're told that they were righteous and they performed all of the aspects of the faith. So we were given some glimpse in their religious life. We're not that with Mary. We're just told that Mary has found favor with God. Now, I'm going to assume that Mary is probably a very religious young lady. But we're not told that. But this is where you and I also need to understand. We have also found favor with God if you're a believer. Because we have been saved by grace. Unmerited favor. Now Mary may have had merited favor or not, but we are told that Mary has been given, found favor with God. And you and I, as believers and given grace, have found favor with God. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So Mary is told what type of child this is going to be, that this is going to be a child of the most high God. In part of our romance of of this time, there is a really good song, and and I'm, I'm not here to criticize it, except portions of it, there's a little nice song that you'll hear on the radio and called, Mary, Did You Know? And some of the questions it asked, Mary probably didn't know. Mary certainly didn't know what God's plan was about her son and his crucifixion, though she was there. She didn't know all of what his ministry would be, but she knew that he was the son of the Most High And that he would establish his kingdom forever, not a temporary period of time. And so there is this thing that Mary understood about who this child would be. But there was other things that God left open. And there are times when that's probably the best. Because if God told you everything that was going to happen to you during your life, you probably say, I can't take it. That's why we have enough each day. To handle each day. and Jesus even gives us that wisdom. Deal with today, because tomorrow has enough problems. And so God tells her the overall point of what's going to happen, but doesn't give her all of the details. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I am a virgin? Now I want you to notice She asks a question, but the question is about how, not if. When Zacchaeus said, well, you know, I'm an old guy, and my wife is an old lady, and she's barren. How is this going to happen? Mary's going, I understand the birds and the bees, and I'm a virgin. I've never had relations with a man. So how can I be pregnant? How can I become pregnant? So it's a question of how, not whether God can. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, the scriptures portended that a virgin would give a child. Now, others, "Ah, you know, and they automatically dismiss it. It is imperative in our faith that Jesus. Was born of a virgin. Why? Because the scripture says so. And as the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. Now, it may not seem physically possible, but God is not defined by our physicality, He's defined by His purposes. And His purpose is to send a Savior, and He needs a perfect sacrifice that perfect sacrifice is his son so Mary can't be the son of God I mean the mother of God because as John tells us Jesus existed before even the foundations of the earth she was simply that who was the doorway if you will to the messiah and so she's told, I'm not expecting you to have religion. As a matter of fact, this will be a child of God. Now I want you to see what Mary's response is in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Notice what she said. May it be done. I give my consent. Now, I want you to understand what Mary is risking. Mary is risking the termination of her marriage with Joseph. She's also risking death by stoning because she will have committed adultery. Now, you can take someone and say, well, if she believed the angel, the child is going to be born and the child's going to whatever so she's going to say, "I'm going to survive at least that long." but she has risked her life. she's also risked her reputation because motherhood out of wedlock was not something considered good in those days. And so her reputation was so. Oh, her relationship with her betrothed husband, her life, her name in the community were all at risk, and she said, "I am the bond servant. I am the slave of God. Do whatever you want." And this is where I think we should emulate Mary. What is it, God? You want me to do? And I don't care the cost. Most of us want to be used by God, but we want to be used by God in great ways. Pastors want to have the biggest churches and have the most famous uh, ministry that's effective worldwide. And we say, yeah, I want, to, I want to be that guy. Very few people say, okay, sign me up that my ministry is going to last a week and a half. They're going to arrest me, throw me in prison, and maybe execute me. No, we don't want those things, right? We want, we want the good stuff. Mary says, I don't care what it costs. If this is what God wants from me, then may he do it. And I wish we were more like it. And Like I said, it bothers me that we're so afraid because of what others have done to make awe and reverence of her that we've discounted who she was and what she did. Oh yeah, she carried to term the Son of God. And as a man, I can't understand that. Ladies who have had children, you kind of can somewhat relate. But all of it, man, woman, boy, girl, single, married, young, old, and say, God, However you want to use me, I'm willing to be used, even if it costs. Now, Mary, we will see, didn't cost her relationship. She wasn't stoned. People did think her son was a little crazy. Even her own family did. And she had to see him mocked and beaten and scorned and ridiculed and crucified and pierced through. And see him on that cross saying, John, she's now your mother. The heartache that that must have caused. He may not have known everything that was going to happen. But she said, Lord, whatever you want, I'm willing to do. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the angel, when he had visited Zacharias, said, that this baby, this baby that we're going to name John, that you're going to name John, is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit when still in the mother's womb. And this fulfills what the angel told to Zacharias. You see, sometimes God does things soon. We are told that Elizabeth was six months pregnant. She had three more months to go. Boom, filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God says, you know, I want you to do something. And it's going to cost you. And you may not know when the cost ends. And you may not see the end until I come again. But do you trust me or do you trust the circumstances?" So just because God hasn't appeared immediately doesn't mean that God is not at work. Nothing is impossible with God. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how is it that happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. He says, You don't need to tell me about that child. It's my child already told me. It's the Holy Spirit already told me that that child is my Lord. That child is the Son of God. And blessed is he who believes God and waits for the fulfillment. God had not spoken to his people for over 400 years. And now he is sending John to be a forerunner of the Messiah, to make the path straight for him. And he is now acting to send his son, the Messiah, not only the ruler of Israel and the ruler of the world, but the Savior as well. You see, Christmas is not something that happened a long time ago, and we celebrate something that happened. We celebrate something that is happening that the light of the world has come into the world and has illuminated it and has caused us to be able to see. And it's caused us to take His light and apply it to our dark lives and to go out into the world. And illuminate it. Yes. The world thinks we're weird. And yes the world thinks we're crazy. And yes. How can. A virgin. Have a child. Because our God. Can do great things. Our God. Yeah. He can speak. In things that aren't become. He can do things. And oceans open up. He can say things and manna comes to the ground. He can save his people either out of Egypt or even a greater ability. Save them out of the change and bondage of sin and lead us to such a rich and wonderful life. This little baby He's going to be born of a virgin. He's not only the savior of the whole world. He's ours. It's personal. Yeah, this little baby who lay in a manger. He's saved. It's God. And if he is, and he is, then we should be like Mary and say, Lord, I prefer the, the popular route. I prefer the, the route that says everybody loves me and I'm going to have this big ministry. But God, even if no one pays attention and I spend my entire life witnessing to you and nobody comes, I will do so because you're worthy because you are the son of God. And I'm going to take the opportunity of Advent to share because just as it seemed so dark when Jesus came, it seems that the world is getting darker now and it needs his light. And it needs us to shine his light to the world. Not that we receive honor and glory, but that he does because he is born forevermore. Not just a baby, it's the Son of God. Not just a child, but a child who shall lead them. A child who shall give of himself for us. If would do that for us. What should we withhold from him? Oh, that we would be like Mary. God, whatever you want, I'm your slave. I may not understand how you're going to accomplish it. It may be all above my pay grade, but that's okay. Because I trust you. I trust you whether it costs me or not, I will do what you tell me to do. I will do what you ask me to do because I know who you are and I know who I am in relationship to who you are. And all God's people said,